Do you feel stuck? You know, like life has mapped out a path for you that you can never ever escape. Like it was kind of preordained in the stars that you would never be able to deal with that one life-defining thing that seems to hold you back every single day. Well, today we are gonna read about a guy who has been stuck his whole life. We're gonna see that he was not where he could be, but one day, in one divine moment, everything changes for him. And we see that Jesus lifts us up out of what holds us down. And it can be the same for you too. So let me give you a little bit of context here. We are about to read about the first miracle that happens in the book of Acts, a book that we have been working our way through here at Crowd. And this miracle kind of becomes the foundation for the next few chapters of Acts and the next few weeks here at Crowd. And there is one central point that we're gonna keep coming back to, and it's this, faith in the name of Jesus. Now, according to the dictionary, to do something in someone else's name is to do something with the authority of a specified person. The key word here being authority. So, for example, let's say I want to make some reservations at a very busy restaurant. Uh, and in fact, it's so busy, so popular that it is booked out for the next six months. It is solid, no one's getting in. And I call them up and I go, Hi, it's Matt Edmondson here. I'd like to book a table for two, please, for tonight. Well, they're just gonna laugh at me, aren't they, on the phone? Because I don't have the standing or the authority required to action that. To them, I'm a nobody asking the impossible. But what would happen if I called on behalf of somebody else? Well, then it all becomes about who they are rather than me. So if I call them and say, hi, uh, my name is Matt Edmondson and I am calling on behalf of His Royal Highness King Charles. Well, now that starts to take on a very different field, isn't it? It's a very different conversation because King Charles has way more authority than I do. The restaurant doesn't see me anymore. They see King Charles. I'm, well, I'm just a messenger, aren't I? And we also see this with the police. Like if I stand in the middle of a busy road, just dressed like this, and try and tell traffic what to do, well, I don't think it's gonna go down very well, is it? I mean, at best, I'm gonna get abuse. At worst, I'm gonna be run over by some irate driver or someone that just didn't recognize that I had, uh, you know, that I was sort of stood there trying to direct traffic. But I tell you what, if I put on a police uniform, everything changes. It stops being about me and it becomes about who I represent. So this central idea of faith in the name of Jesus means that I understand that I am Jesus's representative using his authority and strength. It stops being about me because it's all about him. So let's read today's passage from Acts chapter 3. One day, at three o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way to the temple for a prayer meeting. And at the same time, there was a man crippled from birth being carried up. Every day he was sat down at the temple gates, the one named Beautiful, 
to beg from those going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked for a handout. Peter, with John uh, at his side, looked straight at him, looked him straight in the eye and said, look here. And he looked up, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, walk. He grabbed him by the right hand and pulled him up. In an instant, his feet and his ankles became firm. He jumped to his feet and walked. The man went into the temple with them, walking back and forth, dancing and praising God. And everybody there saw him walking around and they praised God. They recognized him as the one who sat begging at the temple, temple's gate beautiful and rubbed their eyes astonished, scarcely believing what they were seeing. And the man threw his arms around Peter and John, ecstatic. All the people ran up to where they were at Solomon's porch to see it for themselves. Acts chapter three from the message translation there. I mean, no kidding, right? No kidding, this guy was dancing and praising God and that he was ecstatic. I would be too. I mean, if I'd been lame from birth, couldn't walk, and then one day everything changes. I mean, talk about getting unstuck. Very story here. Now I appreciate it is not always straightforward uh, to believe that such miracles happen because, well, let's just be real, it's a miracle, it's supernatural, it's above the natural order of things. But that's by very definition is where God operates because he is supernatural and our supernatural God lifts us up out of what holds us down. So what can we learn from this? Well, 2,000 years ago, the life of a Palestinian disabled man, uh, well, it's, this is be real, it's not gonna be an easy one, is it? Uh, he would have been malnourished, probably lived in a slum, leaving him prone to all kinds of sickness and disease. And to really rub salt into his wound, society at large would have even told him that God was against him as well, that this was likely to be some form of divine judgment, something that no doubt he deserved. I mean, talk about being down on your luck. But the odds of him getting out of there were worse than my chances of winning the lottery. He was stuck. Have you ever felt like that? That you are stuck and that things will never change and what's worse, you didn't even cause it? Like this guy, you were kind of belt, uh, belt? dealt <laughs> bad cards in life others kind of make you feel like it's your fault and now you have to rely on charity as well. But remember, Jesus lifts us up out of what holds us down. So here he was at the temple. Why was he at the temple? Well, the Old Testament is pretty emphatic about the just treatment of the disabled, including the lame and how you show them sort of like a special kindness. The one place he should have been treated well was the temple, and that's why he was there. And Peter and John, though, well, today at least, they're going to do something a little bit different. They start by telling him that they too don't have any money, not a nickel to my name, as the message so uh, pictorially describes it. 
And this is particularly relevant to the story because it kind of distinguishes Peter and John from magicians who accepted payment for their services at the time. And Luke, the author of the book of Acts, is kind of letting his readers know that Peter and John were not magicians trying to make a fast book here, which would have been very common at the time. And the other thing that sort of really drives this home is that Peter says this, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. There's our central point, in the name of Jesus. But notice that Peter specifies Jesus from Nazareth, Jesus the Nazarene. You see, being from a great city would be a great thing in the eyes of the people, right? I mean, it just was. If you were from a great city, you were kind of great. But Nazareth, yeah, that wasn't a great city. So Peter is saying, I don't have any money. And in the name of Jesus, who is also from this sort of very inconspicuous place called Nazareth, walk. You see, there's no show. There's no tell. There's no pomp. There's no regalia. There's no ceremony. There's no extravagance, no TV evangelist, sort of no private jet. Just a humble man that couldn't give charity to the person in need, but they could do something that would remove the need for that charity. And that is powerful. I mean, really, really powerful. Ordinary people can do extraordinary things when backed by the power of God representing the risen Christ. You see, it stops being about what they have or don't have, and it starts being about Jesus's desire to bring about transformation in the lives of people, his desire to get them unstuck, his desire to lift them out of what holds them down. Now, some of you may identify with this lame guy stuck in life. And there are times when I've been there, when I've been stuck too. And that feeling of being stuck, well, if I'm honest, kind of sucks because you often feel powerless. But the truth of the gospel is that Jesus lifts us up out of what holds us down. He can make strong what was weak and I know this because I've experienced that and I've experienced the sort of transforming power of Christ. I can also identify with the disciples and find ways uh, to help others become unstuck in life too. It's one of the great joys, isn't it, of being a Christian that God can use me to bring about his transformation in the lives of other people. But here though, I can, I can be all too aware of the resource that I don't have. I'm challenged because it's easy to look at what I don't have rather than who I represent. I mean, wow, right? I mean, that hits. It is easy to look at what I don't have rather than who I represent. This lame man was at the temple every day asking for charity, every day. How did he get there? Well, he would have been carried and placed there. Maybe the people carrying him were helping him. Maybe they were making money off him. I don't know. I kind of like to think that this guy, as bad as his life was, had some people that were helping him, doing what they knew to make his life better in some way. But I also wonder if those that were helping him also got a sort of bit stuck in their thinking as well. They would take him to the temple because that's all they could do. That's charity. 
doing what you can do. Charity is great, but what if you can remove the need for charity? You see, if they looked at only what they can do, well, there's a limitation. They can carry the guy and that's about it. But when you add faith in the name of Jesus into the equation, everything changes. So I kind of ask myself, whose chains am I enabling and promoting even through my well-intentioned actions and words? Because I'm looking at what I don't have rather than who I represent. Am I as lame in my thinking as this man was with his walking? Have I also become stuck in my thinking and missed the opportunity to show people that Jesus really can lift them up out of what holds them down? I have to constantly remind myself that this is all about Jesus. And it's not about me. It's not about my resource or lack of it. In the name of Jesus, he can pull you up from the things that hold you down. He takes you from where you are to where you could be. He heals the brokenhearted. He makes them whole. He makes the blind see and the lame walk. And he also lifts me out of my limiting beliefs as well, which, let's be real, is absolutely awesome, right? I mean, positively awesome. So why don't I then cast off all restraint and pull everyone I see out of the wheelchair? Well, this is another subtle part to this story, isn't it, that we need to understand. And I think it's, it's that of God's timing. If that man sat at the temple gates every day, how many times had Peter and John walked past him? Did Jesus ever walk past him? And what about others begging around the temple. Why didn't the disciples go and heal everybody in the name of Jesus that day? Timing. There is something about God's timing. And to understand that, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. What was different for Peter and for John that day, as they walked to the temple, what was it? Why then? Was it because the Holy Spirit whispered to them, it's time for this guy to get unstuck. You see, as Christians, I think it's easy to get stuck on methodology. We hear that somebody went forward at a specific meeting and got gloriously healed. And so we kind of think to ourselves, well, I'll go to that same meeting and the same thing will happen for me. Or we hear of someone who was incredibly generous and gave away an entire house uh, and was given something even better as a result. So we think, well, we could give away a house and get a better house. Only it doesn't work for us because we get too focused on the methodology rather than following the leading and prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, sure, methodology has its place, but it's never been about a specific formula, a specific prayer or a specific act, has it? It's always been about following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, understanding his timing and being so brave, uh, brave enough, in fact, to act in faith at that point in time, that divine moment, and to believe that the name of Jesus is all you need to bring about transformation, because it's not about you, it's all about him. So are you stuck in life? Now, I believe that for some of you watching this, 
You're not watching it by accident. And this is a divine moment for you. It is time for you to get unstuck in the name of Jesus, to rise up from what is holding you down, to receive divine strength into what was weak, and to do something you have never done before. For others of you today, maybe it's a reminder to remember who it is you serve and who you represent, that you carry the name of Jesus, that you are his ambassador. And maybe, just maybe, today is a day that you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and you step out of your comfort zone, not relying on methodology, not looking at what you don't have, but with faith in the name of Jesus, you help pull someone out of where they are to where Jesus wants them to be. Because the truth for all of us is that Jesus is still working today. He is still in the business of transforming lives, whether through physical healing with this lame guy, whether we are stuck uh, thinking like his friends, Jesus still takes us from where we are to where he wants us to be. He lifts us up out of what holds us down. And at the end of this chapter, in this particular story, the lame guy discovers that he can leap. <laughs> I just love that. I mean, that's a full transformation, isn't it, right there? And that's the gospel. You see, the gospel fully transforms our lives, especially our hearts. And we can go from a place of shame and feeling like an outcast, just like this lame guy, to leaping and praising God. Now, of course, you might not feel shame. Just like the folks that took the lame guy there every day, you might feel pretty good about what you're doing. Why well, feel shame? You're helping people, right? There's no need for it. But let me ask you a question. Are you stuck in your thinking? You see, Jesus helps lift us out of what holds us down, whether it's weak legs, society's demands on us, whether it's experience, um, experiences that we've had in life that are our fault, whether there are experiences in life that we've had that aren't our fault, whether it's our thinking or our shame or even our pride, it is Jesus that transforms. Meeting Jesus changes this man's life. And he changed the lives of those that carried him to the temple every day. But let me tell you, not all of it would have been easy. His identity changed. He would no longer beg. He had to find a different way to live. And that... That can be a little bit scary. That can be hard. And I think, I don't know how easy it was for this guy, but experience tells me it's probably gonna be pretty easy to fall back into old patterns, especially after the euphoria had died down and he got used to having legs. But for now, at this moment, Jesus lifted him up out of what? was holding him down. And that transformation caused joy and leaping and rejoicing and praise and worship and excitement because that's what happens when Jesus transforms us, when Jesus lifts us up out of what holds us down. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. And because God loved these people who were like me, 
that God had sent him to bring hope. And, you know, I think my brokenness was making me angry. And I, I don't know how long he spoke for, but I, I was definitely at a tipping point of jumping in the ring, honestly. You know, wow. not because I'm some big bad guy. I was just angry. I wanted to hate him. Yeah. And he said, okay, that's enough for me. I, I've told you about Jesus. I've told you that he loves you. And you're never going to be good enough to receive his love and forgiveness. None of us are. He says, well, I'm going to give you opportunity to receive Jesus into your life. And I thought, oh, this is just one of those big, freaky religious things. He says, I'm going to count backwards from three to one. And when I get to one, you need to be here. And I'm going to introduce you to Jesus. He went three. And I thought, no way is anybody so stupid to <laughs> People are moving. No way. And I'm like, what? So I'm looking around, I can see people you know, um, from gangs who I was involved moving forward. I'm like, it's gonna kick off. He went two. And I can still see people moving. Before he said one mass, I was stood there. Well, two. Two great things there, the talk, which we'll get into in a second, mm -hmm. and also that little snippet from What's the Story podcast looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I love Dave Connolly. And um yeah, I'm I I mean, I'm just intrigued to watch more of it, well listen to more of it now and sort of find out the whole story on that one to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's the story is just well worth listening to if anyone mm. I'm I'm a big podcast I don't podcast well right. I don't know about you Dan but I, yeah, I listen I, to a lot of podcasts when I'm cooking and when I'm driving um I've just got really into them so yeah I highly recommend some great people's you know ordinary stories from real people mm. and yeah just it's great to listen to yeah I've started listening to them really enjoying them like you say just ordinary people um mm. Excuse me, and just getting to hear why why they want to do this, why they want to talk about Jesus or what Jesus has done for them, and yeah, it's brilliant. Really, really enjoying them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So, yeah. shall we dig into the uh, talk tonight? Indeed. Then I thought yes. that was a lot of great content from that. Actually, yeah. it's hard to know where to begin, but um, mm. just a really good, challenging talk, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, low. Like you say, it's where to begin. I've got something. I'll keep looking to my, well, it's my left, your right, probably something like that. I'll keep moving my head just because I've got some notes up here. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was really, really good. The first, the first thing that got me was the, um, in the name of Jesus, that authority that it's not, it's not us yeah. that does the healing. It's not. It wasn't um, Peter and John. It was, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus. It made me think of um, when the centurions, um, the centurion came to Jesus. Um, I think it's in, where is it? Um, Matthew's gospel. And he says, you know, my servant's ill. Um, but I'm, I'm like a, I'm a man with authority. I've got people under me. I just say, do this and do that. And I know you're the same. You know, whatever you say, you have the authority, you can do it. And Jesus says, 
absolutely um, go. You know, your your servant's been healed, and that always makes me yeah. When I think of authority, I think of that that story. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I just like that um, phrase that it started with. Like one day, everything changes, and mm. isn't that kind of what we all want, right? In our situations where we, you know. Sure, most of most of us have got different situations going on in life, either now, currently, or or we can think of ones in the past where we're just like, I just need some breakthrough. I feel stuck. I, I need some change. Um, isn't that what we all want? Like, just for Jesus to walk in the room and for everything to change. Yeah. And um, it's so encouraging this story because it's like when Jesus turns up, everything really can change in the yeah. in that moment. You can. I don't know, both you and I have been Christians for a long time, Dan, and you can sort of forget, can't you, that Jesus actually has that power. And when we yeah. when we cry out it and we pray or we ask God for something in Jesus' name, that we do actually have that authority and that mm. we can see everything change in an instant. And yeah. it's so easy to lose sight of that, I think, in everyday life, isn't it? And it's yeah, I, I know I'm guilty of that sometimes. I forget that actually Jesus could just step in the room and, mm-hmm. you know, lift you out of the situation and get yeah. you unstuck. And it's as simple as that, simple as it was for him with that lame guy, yeah. you know, outside the temple that day. And so easy to forget, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And we can also look back at that one time where we did, like we saw at the end, uh, in that little snippet of the podcast oh. where I presume that was Dave Connolly talking about when he became a Christian, that that one step that he had to make and that was a big decision and his life changed from then. And that's happened to me and it's it's happened to you. But it doesn't yeah. just and it happened to that that lame guy that, you know, that there was that point where everything changed. But he still had to do stuff after that. He still had to use those legs. You know, the next yeah. day it wasn't um he he had to well, he would have you know, learned to run, he would have done, you know, so much stuff he couldn't um, do before that we can, mm. like you said, we can get used to being a Christian and perhaps forget those times when we're stuck to to cry out to him, to ask for ask for that help, ask ask for that and miraculous it's inter- help. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, when you when you think about stories in the Bible. So I always think you get these snippets recorded in the Bible of people's lives or their encounters with Jesus, like he had this moment, like Matt's just said it there in the comments, like this one divine moment in the in that instant everything changed for him. But you wonder kind of what's a story like five or ten years down mm. the road, you know, because we yeah. as Christians, we've all had those moments where we really encountered Jesus. Right. And yeah. yet I know that I can so quickly forget again. And mm. I just in some ways I wish the Bible told you more about what happens later. Mm. Like how does their life look? five, ten years later, do they get, you know, presumably they have other moments in life where they get stuck again in other ways, because that's life, right? It's up yeah. and down. It's not It's not like you have a moment's encounter with Jesus and everything's fine forever. Like yeah. life throws up chal- challenges yeah. continually, doesn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure we could all talk about, you know, uh, we could probably talk about our own times where mm. we've been stuck, haven't we? Like, do you have any examples, Dan, where yeah, well, you've been just- Right, you felt particularly stuck and then... Yeah, and I was looking at the comments because Nicola said she's been waiting for a breakthrough for months. Mm. And um, yeah, life is hard. And mm. I I used to work for... I work for myself now, but 
back, well, I don't know when it was now, 15, 20 years ago, makes me sound really old. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> old. Um, I used to work for BT and I had, at the start, it was an interesting job, but I went through a period of horrendously dull job. There was no work. I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was depressed. Mm. You know, I took time off when I could use my holiday up because I just didn't want to, to go in and it was a horrible mm horrible time but i know um it, it had to be god that helped me that helped me through that time um mm. got me out and um, got me to different um different people different group of um work colleagues and we yeah i started some other projects and traveled around the country and stuff but it, it did drastically change but it was um yeah me praying but people praying for me as well, which just just a little snippet, just to say, if if, if you yeah. do want us to pray, um, Nick and I'll, I'll be praying for you. And if anyone else wants to mm. wants us to pray, please do just let us know. Yeah, definitely, that's a really good point. And I I think you're right, Dan. Mm. I I think you know it's it's interesting that you say like the way you got unstuck there it wasn't like this big moment. So like no. Matt talked about, sometimes those miracles come, but actually. It's quite a lot of timing and there's no formula to the way God moves and God intervenes yeah. and God comes and helps us out of yeah. situations and lifts us up. So, you know, I think you probably can look at moments that are like that, but actually, you know, in that instance, for example, you're, you know, it's much more of a slow sort of gradual change. Mm. It sounds like, like you yeah. were asking friends to stand by you and to pray with you and you were praying mm. and crying out to God. And then over time, you know, your work situation changed yeah. and presumably you got a different job opportunity and you're able to move on. But, you know, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that sometimes, you know, that it's a big moment, but actually in my experience, a lot of those times of unsticking are sort of slower, smaller moments as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trusting you know, moments, you I, just I got think to they rely. Valid, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It, is a, it is a question of God's timing and God's divine moment mm. quite often, I think. Um, yeah, I think it came yeah. up about Matt said about methodology. There's not always the same every yeah. time. And um and Julie in the comments talked about um in C S it's Lewis Lewis's book about the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. I didn't yeah. I didn't know this. I've never I've watched the film and I've read little bits of the book, but I've never read the whole book all the way through that apparently there was no one way to Narnia, you never got there the same way twice. And thanks for that brilliant that Narnia sort of represent, represents uh, getting to be with uh, Aslan or with God. And so it is mm -hmm. different every time. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I've noticed just there, um, Nicola's said in the, in the comments as well that, you know, she's been waiting for months for some kind of breakthrough, um, some depression that she's been going through as well. Like, um, just you know, took a similar thing to what you mentioned, mm -hmm. Dan, and yeah. and she, then she said, you know, it hit hit me at two a.m. this morning, and I, you know, I had to pray and ask God for that breakthrough, and and I think that's it, isn't it? Sometimes it's sometimes it's instance, and sometimes it's more of a slow process. I mean, I I feel like you know, there's been lots of times in life where I felt stuck in different ways, and it's so often no fault of our own. You know, it's a work situation, or it's a relationship, or it's maybe singleness and you're waiting for a right relationship to come. You know, I, I've been in that season for years when I was younger. 
like, God, when am I, when am I going to meet someone like who, you know, you bring along and I believe it's right. And, you know, and then, you know, other situations like infertility, where it's like really a bit like the lame man, it's like, it's an area of life where like anything to do with health is mm. very hard. You don't have very much control at all. Yeah. You, you know, you can seek medical help, but actually there's lots of things that medicine can't do a lot with or that, you know, it doesn't create instant healing. And, it, you know, and you cry out so many times and you think, when is this breakthrough going to come? Mm. And, and the other thing that strikes me is that sometimes, you know, what was that phrase Matt said? He said, have we become lame in our thinking? And that, that really challenged me because I thought, you know what? Yes, yeah, sometimes actually need to get unstuck in our thinking first. Mm. We get into yeah. like, you know, we can pray and cry out and feel quite negative about things. And actually we need to some change in our thinking and our thinking about God and about how we can break through and we need that yeah. faith to come sort of before we actually get the physical breakthrough. Yeah. And, you know, and there's some situations that the you know, there, there just isn't an easy resolution to like, we didn't get any, you know, I've, I've talked about this before, but we didn't get any breakthrough with our infertility. We just aged out of fertile years with no answers. Mm. And, um, yeah. And yeah, even so it's like, I do feel like I have breakthrough in my thinking about it. You know, like I feel healed and whole and not heartbroken about that in the way that I was in the middle yeah. of it, even though I didn't get all of the answers that I wanted. Yeah. And yeah. that's interesting too, as well, isn't it? Like that breakthrough and unstuckness doesn't always look necessarily like the solution we're expecting or no. wanting either. No. Yeah. It can look, yeah, very different. Mm. But it is. Yeah. I just, um, I just wanted to point out Nicola's put in the, the comments that it's just feel like, um, a huge hood has been taken off her head and she can breathe for the first time. So amazing. Thank, thank you, That's Jesus. Awesome, it is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, Nicola. I remember we used to at the church, we both go to frontline church. We'd have, um, healing rooms and, um, a guy came in who was feeling, was feeling really depressed and we prayed for him and he, that's the exact words he said to us when we prayed. He said, I feel like I had this hood on, this cloak, and it's just gone. It's just lifted. And it was a um, transformative time for him. He just felt that, that, that lifted. So we do pray, Nicola, that can, that continues. He gets to know more of, of that, that, that freedom. Brilliant. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll be praying for you, Nicola. That yeah. keeps keeps on uh, being your experience. Yeah. And just um, some other another point that that Matt talked and and brought up was that um, who do we represent? And I think sometimes mm -hmm. we might be in a good place, but who do we? So um, Peter and John, they were in a a good place, weren't they? It was the lame man that was that was sick but mm. we represent that same god and that's yeah that's to me it's really challenging that what we what we're going to do about it you know um what what person situation can we speak into with that same authority yeah, yeah it's uh yeah that's massively challenging isn't it yeah. and i think 
I love what Matt had to say about the fact that it's not the it's not what we can do in the physical. Like you know, we, it's like you can I don't know you can do so much in your own strength corner. You can give to charity. You can do good works. You can encourage someone, but actually, it's like the thing that we bring situations as Christians that is quite unique is that we stand in the authority of Christ and and we are able to kind of bring a divine authority into the moment and um, I think we don't always stand in that authority enough or we don't remember that we carry that authority always like I know I'm guilty of this all the time right like a friend says oh I'm having a really rubbish time you know such and such is going wrong with my kids or works really hard because of this, you know, and I'll sit there for half an hour, have a cup of tea, give my best advice, you know, cheer them up, Mm. say nice things, be a good friend, all this stuff. None of that's bad, is it? Give some good self-care advice. And then, but, you know, so often I think we can miss it, can't we? We miss that we we sit there and we stand there in Mm. the authority of Christ that actually we could... You know, like the disciples did that day, speak like yeah. God's divine healing and lifting up and lifting out for someone and, yeah. and offer to pray for them. And so often I just miss it because I'm sort of still relying on that kind of, I don't know, my, what I can do in my own strength. And gosh, yeah, that I found that bit challenging because I mm. think I am so guilty of that so often that I just miss the moment because I'm so stuck on my own advice and my own kind of ability or yeah and you know yeah. like what authority did we really carry yeah you yeah. know it's Christ. very easy just to yeah to sit there and just agree with people and be um sympathetic to their feelings and, yeah you know um but perhaps yeah just be going off on one thinking about what i'm gonna have for tea and but actually thinking you know we can we can not just listen, we can impart something of what God wants to do or can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a massive challenge, isn't that? And mm. yeah, I think um I think we could all be better at that. I mean, that's not to say don't be a good friend to people and listen no, and everything, no, but I no. just think we perhaps could offer so much more. And that actually sometimes we are we missing those divine moments where God wants to move in someone's life because mm. We don't think I could step out yeah. and pray for someone to get unstuck or if it's about ourselves, like we have, I mean, that's the other thing I challenge anyone watching. It's like, if you're feeling stuck in your own life right now, you know, you have everything you need, you know, to get unstuck because you've got, you know, you've got Jesus right there and mm. you can cry out to him yeah. and believe yeah. that he's going to lift you up and out of that situation and, and move things on. And, yeah. you know, if, I'd, I'd definitely say, if, like Dan said before, if you're if you're struggling to believe that, if you're struggling to do that on your own, then get some friends around you. You know, find another mm. Christian friend or two to stand with you and agree it together, or um, you know, or reach out to one of us, send a text in the week, drop us an email, whatever it is, let us know, and we'll happily be those people as well and yeah. pray with you and stand with you. But yeah, yeah. please don't miss the moment. Don't mm. don't miss the challenge that that um, Matt gave tonight really to you know to step out and to you know sometimes it takes courage doesn't it 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 takes courage to to step out and say I want to get unstuck or I am a bit stuck here sometimes it even takes 
courage to admit we're stuck, I think. Um, yeah, so so please, please do. Yeah. Do ask if you need that. Yeah, definitely. In um so we get we get notes about this talk before um we've heard it and um one of the, the Bible verses that was linked to that is in, in Romans chapter seven and they're talking about um I suppose in some way they talk about the law, but we could also look at it as as, as self help. So self help's not not bad, it's a good thing. But we've got this extra and and the law is is a good thing. It helps us, you know, it corrects us when we've done wrong. But right. the law in itself doesn't stop us doing wrong. And um and in Romans in the in the message it says, tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my road. At end of my rope is there no one who can do anything for me? Because isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Um and it's great that we have more. This isn't mm. this isn't a self help um live stream. This isn't um something just oh, we're coming to listen to Dan and Hannah. Thank thank goodness it's not thank that goodness, you know, coming we to do listen. not have all the answers <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. This is a, a sort of a direction um live stream. It's saying we're we're just here to say look to Jesus because it yeah. You can do so much on your own, but you can't do everything. Uh, mm. He's he's got the authority to come and transform us, change us, give us mm. life changing experience. Mm. Yeah, and just give us that change of perspective. Like, mm. um, you know, it's I think Matt touched on this as well, but it's that thing of like sometimes when you when you pray and you get your you know, when you bring God into a situation, it gets that eye, your eyes off the problem a little bit and off your circumstances. And yeah. it, I'd certainly know this for me is often the biggest change. When I pray, it's like it gets my eyes off the problem, yeah. off the situation, and back onto God where they should be. And it just helps me. The first change is that it helps me get perspective. I get yeah. a fresh perspective of how big God is. And actually, the problem tend to get smaller when I put them alongside God and get that perspective right again. You know, like yeah. you're not just staring at the issue, you're staring at who God is and how much he loves you and how he feels about you and, you know, how powerful and almighty and wonderful yeah. he is. And I think it, that has the ability to change your perspective and to change your view on everything. And sometimes even that shift is significant, isn't it? Yeah. Just that kind of making the problem smaller and making God bigger. And yeah, I, that for me is always the most powerful thing when I yeah. pray. It just reorders my perspective and I need that. So Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we're almost coming to the end, but there was just one point and it's it's leading on from that, in that that man's identity changed. So he was probably called, you know, the beggar at the temple. He was called, you know, mm. lame man John, whatever. That was his his title. But when he became Unlame when he he stood up and he had life in those legs again. Couldn't call him lame John. He was um, his identity changed, and I think sometimes we can, right. yeah, not look at what we what we were. God wants to change our identity. Our identity is now not our situation. It's 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 who God has made us to be. Uh, yeah, 
that true identity. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we're kind of coming to the end of the Cloud Church, but um, what have we got coming up next week, Matt, uh, Dan? Do you know? Um, yeah, so we've got John Farrington. He's going to do the talk. He's continuing awesome. in um, Acts, and it's Matt and Rachel hosting. So, yeah, looking forward to that. That would be great. Yeah, mm. I love Rachel. Is that Rachel Marshall? I think so. I think so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. Mm. Yes, that'll be great. So please do tune in next week. That'll, that'll mm. be the fab again, I'm sure. But I've really enjoyed this. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this talk tonight. I think there's just so much in it. In fact, I'll probably go back and watch it again because I think there's a lot of good challenge in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just reading the final comments. Lame man, John, I love it. Your identity <laughs> will always change when Jesus transforms you. Yeah, yeah that's so true. So something yeah. will always change because even if your circumstances don't, your identity and how you see yourself does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Anna. And thanks everyone for commenting and getting involved. And just to reiterate again, if you do want to get in touch, please just contact yeah. uh, on the email, visit crowd.church. Um, yeah, there's a few ways to get in there. There's even a WhatsApp. So you can send a voicemail message. Send a, a text message. I'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you all next week. Take care, guys. Have a great week. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crowd Church. Now, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button as well as that little tiny bell notification to get notified the next time we are live. And of course, if you are listening to the podcast, uh, the live stream podcast, make sure you also hit the follow button. Now, by smashing the like button on YouTube or writing a review on your podcast platform. It helps us reach more people with the message that Jesus really does help us live a more meaningful and purposeful life. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to check out our website, www.crowd.church, where you can learn more about us as a church, more about the Christian faith, and also how to connect into our church community. It has been awesome to connect with you, and you are awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear, and hopefully we'll see you next time. That's it from us. God bless you. Bye for now.